Happy morning. Happy Monday morning, everyone. It's Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Hello. How are you? Remember, this show is about idealism and idealists. I happen to be a very big practical idealist, and we have a good show here uh, today. Well, I'd love to say exceptional and fantastic show, but, you know, I'm not much of a braggadocious person. So, um, I'm back for an hour to talk with you. Uh, we've got some big interviews coming up in the coming weeks, but not today. Okay, but remember, our specific theme always is about idealism. And uh, I want to talk about the 2020 presidential election. I know. Really, Ellie? Already? No, I do want to talk about it. Specifically, I want to talk about the very first Democrat to toss their hat into the ring for the Democratic nomination to be president of the United States. And no, I am not talking about Elizabeth Warren. That she was certainly credited as the first Democrat to do that, but she wasn't, actually. The very first person, and to the surprise of many in the media, the first Democrat to announce their bid to be president was a little-known congressman from Maryland's 6th Congressional District, a man named John Delaney. And in fact, John Delaney announced his bid to be president in July of 2017. Um, and at the same time, he announced that he would not again run uh, for Congress in Maryland. So, so, since for essentially more than a year and a half, John Delaney has been in Iowa working to build a base to become president. Um, since that time, since the summer of 2017, he's made 21 trips to Iowa. Um, in addition to that, he's made 10 trips to New Hampshire. But for Iowa, significantly, what Delaney has done is he's visited all 99 of Iowa's counties. Um, and he's already spent $3.5 bucks um, in both Iowa and New Hampshire. Now, I'm from Iowa. I'm an Iowan by heart. Sorry, I am. And, um, and it is incredibly important to Iowans that you actually come and spend time in the state. It is. I, that's a mistake that Hillary Clinton made in 2016. You cannot simply just blow into the state, do a dozen or so big rallies, and then leave and think that everything's going to work out. Iowans like you to spend time with them. And the thing that I loved reading about Delaney is that he actually went to all 99 counties. That actually was something that originated with a senator by the name of John Culver back in the, I think it may have been in the mid, in the late 70s, where John Culver was somebody who, who actually, I think he walked actually across the state and he went to all 99 counties. So Delaney is <clears throat> following that playbook. But, you know, remember, this show is not about politics per se. It is not about, certainly, it's not about dividing along party lines. I am a unifier, not a divider. This show is about idealism. And I am focusing on John Delaney for a specific reason, because John Delaney happens to be an idealist. He very well may be a real deal idealist, like in the sense that if he gets in, he's going to actually follow through on the things. Now, there's some things in common, I, I'll just point out, between John Delaney and myself, and, and so let me just start laying them down for you. Um, John Delaney, according to Wikipedia, uh, was born in New Jersey, just like me. He was born to a blue-collar family, just like me. Delaney's father was an electrician. Um, <clears throat> he grew up, as I said, in Jersey, and then when he went to college, he went to Columbia, and he did that by way of scholarships, like from the local IBEW, the American Legion, and the Lions Club. This is not a kid, not a human who grew up um, with a uh, blue plate in his mouth or in front of him. After Columbia University, which of course is a wonderful school to go to, to start gives you really incredible credentials, he went to Georgetown Law School a Jesuit law school, something I also have in common with him. I went to Boston College Law School, also a Jesuit school. And I don't think it's uh, just pure coincidence that Delaney is an idealist 
and he attended a Jesuit law school. The Jesuits, as you know, and you may say what you want to about um, the Catholic Church and all that, and that's, uh, again, I'm a unifier, not a divider, but the Jesuits really do stand for social justice. They do really, in law school, they, you know, they talk about the need to make sure that the world is a better place and that you have a role in doing that. So, um, I, so what I loved, I loved reading that about him and in terms of his background. Not long after getting out of law school, Delaney co-founded a financial company that made loans to smaller healthcare service providers. He took that company uh, public three years later. I mean, this is an incredible trajectory for a young man just out of law school. And then three years after that, taking that company public, it was that company that he founded was bought up by a larger entity. So <clears throat> barely by the time that John Delaney is in his mid-30s, he's already a millionaire. Not content, a year later he founded another company that made commercial loans to smaller businesses. Uh, that company um, is still ongoing. It is a public corporation. And all of this made John Delaney very wealthy. His estimated net worth is $93 million. He is uh, calculated to be the sixth, the sixth, like number six, richest member of Congress. Um, he happens to also be the only acting CEO ever elect, uh, elected to Congress at present. Um, all of that makes him stand out. But really for me, and why I'm talking about him on this show, I just wanted to give you a flavor of him with all of that. What, why I'm talking about, is, about him is his commitment to bipartisanship. Uh, Delaney has introduced legislation titled the Open Our Democracy Act of 2017 which would do, among other things, make Election Day a national holiday. Uh, he would make all, if that law, the Open Our Democracy Act of 2017 was enacted, it would make all congressional primaries open to anyone, so anyone could vote. The act, the proposed law, would also end gerrymandering by creating an independent redistricting commission. Can you imagine how the landscape would change <clears throat> if we were able to follow through on any of those uh, proposals that Delaney um, is offering up with uh, his uh, legislation, the Open Our Democracy Act of 2017? Um, some of you, um, within the, la uh, the week before last, on Sunday, may have seen Delaney on uh, this week's Sunday, uh, where he spoke about... Um, if he was elected, uh, he would only accept within the first hundred days legislation that would be bipartisan. It had to be offered up on a bar bipartisan basis rather than on a, on a partisan, which would, of course, if he was elected, be democratic. I mean, again, this is transformational thinking about how politics would be done. Delaney has spoken about the need to bring this terribly divided nation back together. That's idealism right there. We are so divided. It is incredibly difficult for us right now as a country to be able to do anything, literally to get anything accomplished. And it is going to take leadership by somebody saying, I'm not going to accept, I'm not going to accept partisan legislation as something that I would sign. I mean, my goodness. Um, uh, Delaney uh, has, though, I mean, he's got his detractors. I mean, Think of it. I mean, in a recent poll about potential presidential candidates, Delaney didn't do too well, okay? Um, a poll by Democracy for America had Bernie Sanders garnering 36.14% of potential vote, followed by Joe Biden at 14.87%. Delaney took up the rear on that poll at number 22, garnering a staggering 0.09% of potential voters. So he is in an uphill battle. And um, there was a um, Guardian piece uh, that came out a couple of weeks ago titled, uh, titled, quote, John Delaney, colon, Democratic Don Quixote or Genuine American Dreamer. 
You know, and Delaney has said that he's running for how the divided America needs to be healed because we need to come around the notion of a common purpose. Now, in the last 15 years, you know, the last common purpose that we had was for our country to heal after 9-11. That was, um, if you're counting, 18 and a, almost 18 and a half years ago. Um, I mean, that's, you know, a long time. And so, excuse me, I'm wrong on my math. That would be 17 and a half years. I'm sorry. My fact checker just told me. Um, <clears throat> however, okay, the idea that we're going to have a politician who's at least in Iowa who's talking about getting back to this idea of a common purpose, not get not getting to the pack well, we're going to rail against the Republicans. We're only going to favor the Democrats. No, that we have an America that we that we need to be uh, focused on a common common goal, common purpose. You know, um, Delaney. I mean, so uh, you know, quiotic, <clears throat> um, maybe. But Delaney has even suggested the radical idea of having the president debate with congressional leaders on the floor of the House of Representatives, not once, but four times a year. That would be the equivalent of what goes on over in England with their House of Commons uh, and with the prime minister speaking in, uh, to the House. Uh, can, you believe, can you imagine that, where a president would be in a position where he debated in public with congressional leaders. I mean, this man is not afraid to think big. Um, Delaney has written a book. He's written a memoir titled The Right Answer. And that title comes from a 1958 speech that John Kennedy, also another idealist, a speech that John Kennedy gave where he said, quote, let us not seek the Republican answer or the Democratic answer, but the right answer, unquote. Come on, this is a presidential candidate who is trying to do his best to rise above partisanship and to talk about America as a whole. Come on, that is as idealistic as you can get. It is. You know, and, and even though Delaney right now has no name recognition, um, remember in uh, 2007... A guy named Barack Obama did not either. Um, rem even though Delaney has no name recognition, what he is doing right now in Iowa, by having already visited the 99 counties, um, that is exceedingly smart on his part. And you know, Iowans, and I think that folks out in New Hampshire as well, they will resonate with this idea of uniting around a common goal because we have stopped doing that. We have. And true idealists, even if they're pulling up, you know, their number 22 on uh, a poll of potential candidates um, elected for electability, even if they're at the end of that line, true idealists, they never waver from the pass, the path or the course they've chosen to change the world. They believe in their cause regardless of popularity polls or the myriad of other tests in today's political landscape. So... Keep an eye on John Delaney. <clears throat> he may be the most idealistic of the bunch. And to me, that is sure worth paying attention to. And so, keep him on your radar. We'll see where it goes. I'll come back. I might be watching him like I'm watching Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> because um, I am keeping track of our idealists. Thanks so very much. So, that ends our first big segment. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Ellie 2.0 Radio, where I offer a different kind of radio show, one that taps into the idealism of all of us, where we're looking for a better, more inclusive world. That is what really makes America great. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Email me at lejkrug at gmail.com. I love hearing from listeners. And most of all, most of all, be good to people. I'll be back um, with more after this break. Never.
At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Hey, it's Brett from our new 4 p.m. show, the Minnesota Progressive Repartee, and I'd like to invite you to another repartee of sorts. It's the 2019 Blue State Ball. This will actually be the fourth Blue State Ball I've attended, and I'm really looking forward to this year's. Why? Well, because after living through some tough times of the Donald Trump election and a Republican Congress, we finally turned the tide last November with the Blue Wave. So come celebrate all your hard work last year of door knocking and getting out the vote at the Blue State Ball on Saturday, March 2nd at the Blaisdale in Minneapolis. I'll be there along with my Minnesota Progressive Ray Partey co-hosts Doug Padgett, Hunter Hawes, Matt McNeil, Ellie Krug, and Robert Pilot will be there, and so will our headliner, Tom Hartman. Plus, we're sure to add many more speakers and politicians in the coming weeks. As always, attire is blue jeans to ball gowns. So let's party at the Blue State Ball on Saturday, March 2nd at the Blaisdale and celebrate that blue wave. Tickets available now at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Most of us try to be careful about how we eat and the safety of our food. At Total Dog Company, we believe in giving our dogs nutritious, safe food, too. We offer a variety of kibble, canned, and frozen and dehydrated raw foods. We study ingredient lists of every food we sell. We don't sell products that are primarily vegetable protein or that contain generic proteins, byproducts, fillers, or artificial preservatives. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. And I'm back, Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio and AM 950. Oh, boy. All right, so I just got done talking about John Delaney. And now um, uh, I want to just simply tap into something that I found as I was doing the research about John Delaney. Because it, too, is also idealistic. So I stumbled on this, and it's called the Bipartisanship or the Bipartisan Index. Have you heard about it? Um, it's put out by the Luger Center, founded by former Senator Richard Luger, Lugar, excuse me, and the Georgetown uh, and Georgetown University McCourt School of Public Policy. So it's the Lugar Center and Georgetown University's McCourt School of Public Policy that created this bipartisan index. And the index is intended to measure the extent to which members of Congress reach across the aisle to work together. Can you imagine that? So, you know, we are out here in Minnesota. And those of you who are listening on podcasts, you're in other places in America and maybe the world. We, you know, it is hard to keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on in D.C. And I had no idea that there is an independent body. And, and this has got credentials. And Senator Lugar had a great reputation. And, of course, Georgetown University. I mean, my goodness, okay? And, and I had no idea that there was an independent organization rating our senators and Congress people on how much they're cooperating with each other, on how much they're being bipartisan. 
And so they've done this research, and the way they're doing it is that they're looking at the number of proposed legislation bills, because every bill has a title to it, has a name to it, has a number assigned to it for each con uh, congressional session. And what the index does is measures the number of times members of both parties co-sponsor bills or legislation. So a bill can go into Congress. It can be it can be sponsored by one person from one party. It can be sponsored by a you know, somebody else from another party, or it can be sponsored by two people, one from each party, to make it bipartisan. And what this center has done, uh, the Center for, hold on, I've got to get the name here, um, uh, the uh, Luger Center, um, what, what this has done is they've created this bipartisan index to see the number of times that any elected official has participated in bipartisanship. They've utilized a 20-year baseline, and if you go to the Lugar Center, L-U-G-A-R Center, if you just Google that, you're going to be able to find right on the landing page where they talk about um, bipartisan uh, index, or you can just Google bipartisan index, um, and it will come up. So they've looked at voting record, or excuse me, bill introduction records for 20 years. Um, if you have zero is the base. If you have a high score above, if you're above zero, it means that you reach across the aisle. If you have a, a score below zero, that means you hardly ever, if ever, um, reach across the aisle. Part of this is to counter the effect that often bills are being introduced not for passage, okay? You know, people are introducing legislation, but they don't have any hope of it ever getting passed or even voted on. But they're doing it so that they have talking points, okay? And so they can say, hey, I did this. Think of the, what, 70-plus, 80-plus bills introduced to, to repeal Obamacare, okay? I mean, that's really along the line. So what this is intended to do is to actually have legislators introduce legislation <clears throat> that's real legislation that's intended to help change our country for the better. Remember that part? Okay, so uh, there's, so as I looked at the, as I looked at the bipartisanship index, I mean, there's a lot of fuzzy math, a lot of data collection involved. Please, it took me, you know, statistics was not my course, nor were numbers. Remember, I was a trial lawyer. I was not um, an accountant. Um, but, you know, the way that the government's supposed to work, just as I said in my last segment that John Delaney understands and has gotten, is that people with differing views are supposed to come together and compromise. That is what our founding fathers actually intended. Actually, you know, the, you know, the Declaration of Independence, okay, our Constitution, mainly our Constitution, is, is a document based on compromises. And so... A goal of this index, the bipartisan index, is to incentivize elected officials to be more bipartisan. And the results may surprise you. Okay? And so I'm just going to give you, I mean, I, I, I had to quit printing after I hit like 30 pages of results. but Because it's a lot of data. But here, let me just give you some idea here. So they've gone back to 1993, and they've... And they've accumulated the five highest-scoring senators um, for the, the last ten Congresses since 1993. And, um, and here, are the, here are the top five. They might surprise you. Susan Collins. Susan Collins is number one as the most bipartisan senator in the Senate. Chuck Grassley, number two. I, I was surprised by that. Chuck Grassley. So Collins and Grassley are both Republicans. Number three is Kent Con, uh, Conrad, who is a Democrat. Number four is Richard Lugar. So the man walks the walk. And number five, Joe Lieberman, independent. So you have out of the top five senators who are most bipartisan, I'm here to tell you this, three of them are Republicans. One is a Democrat, one is an independent. Now lowest, lowest, those that reached across the aisle the least frequently, okay? You're going to be surprised. Number one, the number one, the one with the with the lowest rating of bipartisanship, Senator Barbara Boxer. Number two, Jim Inhofe. 
Boxer's a Democrat. Inhofe's a Republican. Number three, Richard Shelby, Republican. Number four, Patty Murray, Democrat. Number five, Dick Durbin, Democrat. So out of the five lowest, the five who are the worst at bipartisanship, out of those five, three were Demo are Democrats. Pretty unbelievable, if you ask me. I would not have expected that. And therein lies why I'm telling you about this. Because if we're going to be idealistic, if we're going to change the way our country is going to be, we need, we need to rely on data. Okay? We need to rely on data. We need to interpret the data. We need to collect the data. And then most of all, we need to pay attention to that data. So there you go. I just thought you would want to know this. I found it fascinating. And it just goes to show you, simply because you're a Democrat, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're being the one with the most open mind. That's why I'm a unifier and not a divider. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I did. And so it's a lot of data, but I got through it. And so, all right. Well, when we come back from our break, um, I've got yet another idealist to talk about. I am enjoying this show. I hope you are. I'm hearing from listeners. They're liking the show. So if you've been listening to me, visit my website at elliekrug.com or um, email me at elliejkrug at gmail. And... Um, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about another idealist who's not a politician. There you go. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of EatLocalMinnesota.com. More than just a website, EatLocalMinnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com the dedicated staff at Nightingale Restaurant take pride in presenting a thoughtful and delicious approach to food and drink, whether you're visiting for dinner, happy hour, or brunch. Their focus on made-from-scratch meals using sustainable and local ingredients is likely to make Nightingale your go-to spot for inspired food and drinks. Nightingale, Lindell and 26th in Minneapolis. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. 
With your Martin Luther King Day weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be snowy, with up to 3 inches possible, highs of 16, and the lows around 14. Tuesday, the snow continues, with once again 3 inches possible, and temps in the low 20s. Wednesday will be sunny, with a high of 20, and the low around 16. Eat local, Minnesota.com's restaurant of the week is Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club. Offering a unique and contemporary spin on continental cuisine, Crooner specializes in food and drink made popular in the 1920s. Check out this fabulous dining experience at 6161 Highway 65 Northeast in Minneapolis. And we're back on LA 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Uh, this is your host, Ellie Krug. You know, I had, I'll tell you something. I had a, I had a listener write in to me who, um, who's all, who also happens to be a friend and, and said, you know, Ellie, um, I love your voice because you know very often I'm saying, well, I'm, you know, I need to explain why my name is Ellie and why my voice is deep. She said, Ellie, you don't need to apologize for your voice. And she's probably about the 10th person that has said that to me. And so I'm done apologizing about my voice. There you go. I will say from time to time, I'm Ellie Krug, one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world, which is true. But there you go. I'm done. I'm done making apologies about having a voice that doesn't match my appearance. And um, so, all right, well, all right, that was all in parentheticals because I want to go back to idealism, as I usually like to do. And I want to shift now from the political governance arena to science, okay? More concisely, I want to shift to an 81-year-old, you heard that right, 81-year-old amateur scientist named Marshall Medoff, who hails from Massachusetts. Um, in fact, uh, he's been described as by some as, as a Thomas Edison. Now, um, if you Google Marshall Medoff, you're not going to find this guy. Um, you're going to find an economist who died named Marshall Medoff. You're not going to find Marshall Medoff, the 81-year-old amateur scientist that I'm talking about. But, um, and why am I talking to you about him? For a couple of reasons. One is he was recently featured on 60 Minutes, and I just, I, he just rocked me. But, but, but to the point, Medoff, um, this amateur scientist, who's 81 years old, has found a way to convert ordinary plant life into ethanol and as a way of creating substitutes for plastics. And he did get on my radar by way of 60 Minutes, but he not because he was on 60 Minutes, but because of what he said. Because he said, when I saw the, the teaser for it, he said, I'm saving the world. And when he said that, I'm like, oh, there's an idealist. Because that's what idealists believe. They believe that they can make a difference um, in the world. I mean, some people say they can save the world. Uh, you, you know, I like to just say I'm, I'm here as an idealist to make positive change in the world. Although, if you get me going every once in a while, I will say yeah, I'm trying to save the world as well. And so, I, so I, I, I saw the 60 Minutes piece, and then I needed to read up about this. Uh, Marshall Medoff guy, and by the way, there is not a lot out there about him, but his story, to the extent that you can find it, is pretty darn remarkable. Medoff had no science background of any kind. Apparently, he had made his career in business. And tw about 25 years ago, when he was in his mid-50s, he became interested in climate change. So you've got somebody, you know, 25 years ago, when the first words about climate change were coming out into, you know, the popular lexicon, paying attention. And he was somebody who changed his life to pursue his belief that he could make a difference. So, in his mid-50s, when most people are ramping down, he ramped up. He got a storage garage out in Massachusetts. He filled it with literature to study literature about plants and cellulose, you know, the stuff that makes plants. And he started tinkering to figure out if there was a way to unlock the energy that is in cellulose so that it could be harnessed as either a fuel or for other things. 
And as he described in the 60 Minutes interview, he shut off his personal life, okay? I mean, he, he devoted himself to this entirely. Eventually, he hired an MIT graduate to help build him a laboratory. Um, and in doing all of this, he bucked the trends of how all other scientists, like real scientists, you know, like from, you know, MIT and, and big universities, um, how they were all trying to do the same thing. And he, he tackled it in a different way. And throughout all of it, he was positive. He was convinced that he was going to make positive change that would impact the world. This guy never wavered. You can imagine this idealist in this, in this garage, tinkering away, trying to figure out how to unlock the secrets of cellulose. And there's a great quote um, that he said about why he tinkered, about why he stuck with it. And this is what he said, and this is, uh, comes from the 60 Minutes inter interview. He says, yeah, I was apparently, I must, have, I must have had a very good mother who, who uh, breastfed me an extra few months or something because I had a lot of security about the fact that I'd get it done. And I never had any doubts. Idealists are never afraid. They never doubt the course that they're taking. They're, they don't. They don't doubt it, regardless of the amount of work and all the sacrifice. So, um, eventually... Um, he started getting results. He started figuring out how you can unleash energy from cellulose. And he attracted investors like Stephen Chu, former Secretary of Energy under, under the Obama administration. And now, Medoff has a production facility. He's created a company. Uh, the company is called Xylico. Um, and, uh, of course, I would come up with the name for it, to how to spell it, if I could just find a sheet... Um, and uh, so how is we how are we spelling xylico? I'm sorry, I can't find it very quickly. Um, and uh, but it's titled uh, Xylico, so he's got a production facility in Washington State, and that I'm going to guess is because he's close to wood fiber, because he's extracting the cellulose, the energy that he's extracting the energy from wood fiber and converting it to sugar, um, and that sugar he can distill into ethanol. Mm -hmm. And then also that sugar can be used for um, uh, flavoring drinks and food. And the thing about uh, cellulose, um, wood fiber-based cellulose sugar, is that it doesn't decay your teeth. Yep. So, yes, and now I've got in my notes Xylico, X-Y-L-E-C-O. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, now, Xylico has a real challenge. Uh, about breaking into a world that's dominated by big oil and big chemicals. Uh, we'll see. But with this guy, I mean, you know, he's inflappable. I don't know if you saw him on 60 Minutes. I'm sure he's a character. He is somewhat of a character, okay? But I, you know, assuming his health, his health holds, I have no doubt that <clears throat> he's going to be able to break in to, and get past big oil and big chemicals with what he's trying to do. He's, in, he's even on, you know, creating a plastic that will um, disintegrate after a period of time. So you can put your pop bottle um, and uh, have, a, have, a, have your drink and then uh, time it to several weeks after that the pop bottle will begin to disintegrate. Right now, the plastic that we have doesn't go away for like, you know, 500 years. It just stays. So... Now, why do I highlight this story other than I think that it's just darn cool? I highlight it for you idealists out there who are listening to my voice right now. You idealists, you potential idealists, you ones who say, you know, I really do want to make a positive change in the world, but I'm too old. Sorry, you're not going to get by with that excuse. Or I'm too, I'm too set. I'm going, to about, I'm going to retire. Sorry, you don't get around with that excuse either. Or I don't have the money. I don't think that this uh, guy had a lot of money when he started. And so, you know, if, and remember, I mean, in this show that I've, I've talked now about political idealists, now I've got a scientist idealist. There are all kinds of idealists out there. Maybe you're a writer and you want to write um, a, a great short story that you hope will affect people. It is never too late. Never too late. And yours truly, I just need to add, you know, it was... Um, I didn't get a start until I was 53 years old. 
I mean, I shifted from a very high pressure, very successful financially legal career. I'm now 62 and I'm only starting to get my stride as an idealist. And the thing about idealism is it won't let you alone. It won't let you go. So there you go. Put your mind to it. Put your spirit to it. You, idealists hearing my voice right now, you can do it. We need you. We need you to help change the world. Because I cannot do it alone. Marshall Medoff can't do it alone. None of us can do it alone. We can only do it together. All right, you're listening to me, Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio. When we come back from our break, I'll do my C block, talking a little bit about my work. Thank you. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. Minnesota's very best appliance shoppers choose Warner Stellion, home of the lowest price guarantee and trusted free services. Warner Stellion's in-store specialists will help you choose what's best for you. If it's worth considering, Warner Stellion has it. And now through the 23rd, we guarantee our price is lowest. Save more with our trusted free delivery, basic installation, haul-away, and no interest financing. Don't wait. Get in on special appliance savings now through January 23rd from Minnesota's own Warner Stellion. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. AM 950 LE 2.0 radio talking about idealism <clears throat> and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this show I hope so um, and uh, and I'd love to hear from you so uh, lejkrug at gmail.com however now we are on my C block where I talk about my work as an idealist about what I'm trying to do about try trying to change the world and I got two things today to talk with you about the first is, ta-da, I'll be doing another gray area thinking human inclusivity training at Open Book in downtown Minneapolis. Yes, I will be doing that. I did one in November. I'm going to do my next one on Saturday, March 16th from noon to 2 o'clock. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to dry it on the weekend to see if, um, if I can get people who otherwise during the week might not be able to come. You know, and you try and do something on a Saturday, you never know exactly the right time. But I pick noon to 2 o'clock. And I would love for you to come. So you need to get a ticket for that, and you can you can go and you can get a ticket a variety of different ways. One is you can go to the Eventbrite website, Eventbrite um, website, E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E, and um, you just Google uh, or in that search for Gray Area Thinking, March 16th, and it will come up. Or you can go to my website at elliekrug.com, go to the menu bar, and you will see my Human is Human public trainings human is human on my menu bar and you'll see right there i've got i talk about it and i'll give you a link to um a flyer for the event as well as a link to eventbrite for you to get tickets i would love for you to come people love and i'm not exaggerating my gray area thinking training because what the training is it's about how to help you to you and anyone to be more welcoming to people who are different or other the training is about how we group and label other humans, how we group and label ourselves. It has a audience participation component to it, which is voluntary, but but people really enjoy it. And what I hear from people is that um, I do hear from people that this training is transformative. So I would love for you to come at Open Book, downtown Minneapolis. There is parking um, on Saturday, March 16th from noon to 2. So, and if you have other questions, you can figure it out. Email me at lejkrug at gmail.com. So, okay, that's the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. The second thing I wanted to talk with you about is um, a brand new nonprofit. I'm announcing it publicly for the very first time here, a brand new nonprofit that I have a role in titled Human Ripple Works, Inc. That's the name of it, Human Ripple Works, Inc. If you want to find out more about it, what all you do is Google humanrippleworks.org. Um, some background. Many of you know, and I've already talked about it on this show, that I was a civil trial lawyer for almost 30 years. And then when that, um, I stopped doing that, I moved to Minneapolis, I founded a legal access nonprofit that connected low-income people with legal resources. And as I did my trial work, as well as I did my nonprofit work, I was reminded about the concept of pro bono. So in the legal field, pro bono is free, where people cannot afford to hire or retain an attorney, a lawyer donates their time. They say, okay, I'll represent you and I won't charge you. That's called pro bono. There's another concept in the law called low bono. Low bono is where it's not free because some people need to have some skin in the game, but it's not full price. It's greatly reduced. So you got pro bono and low bono in the legal field. Now, I don't practice as a lawyer anymore. However, I train and speak across North America on human inclusivity, about how we need to get back together, how we need to accept each other and be more willing to understand each other, be more willing to talk to each other, be more willing to make people feel as if they matter. That's what human inclusivity is. And I speak, as I said, across North America. Many And many of my gigs are, you know, paying and they pay a good fee. However, I get a number of requests from nonprofits and some governmental entities that can't afford to pay um, either at all or certainly the full price for uh, my training. And I've, I've, as I've been building my business, I've had a board of advisors, and my board of advisors um, <clears throat> started tackling this issue, and they decided that it would be a really great idea to create a nonprofit that would be able to facilitate my training for uh, nonprofits and government entities that don't have budgets for human inclusivity. Hence, Human Ripple Works was created. It was born. And here's the way that it will work. <clears throat> I donate my time um, to train to a nonprofit or government entity. In some instances, it might be pro, uh, low bono, so I may just simply greatly reduce the fee. Um, and Human Ripple Works will pay my mileage and my hotel, but not, you know, to, to uh, allow for that training to take place. And if you want to learn more about <clears throat> 
Human Ripple Works, you can go to the website at humanrippleworks.org and you will find it. Now, this concept of going to places and training and, and devoting my, you know, providing of my time is not un, not um, different from, and I, I was, I'm very humbled to use this analogy, but one of my board members uh, thought it was a really great analogy, the analogy to Doctors Without Borders. So you have physicians who go to places where they donate their they donate their services, but their fee, their their um, expenses are paid by Doctors Without Borders. They're not paid a fee, but their expenses are paid. This is that kind of similar concept. And you may wonder how important is human inclusivity training. Well, I've got to tell you. I mean, imagine that you've that <clears throat> there's a shelter that serves um, LGBTQ youth or youth of color, and and they're they're staff members, they're, they're uh, people who are working with that youth have never been trained on human inclusivity, on how to be welcoming to people who are different or other. I mean, I have been, I have been to shelters where I have seen or heard uh, horror stories about how people aren't, aren't uh, treated with respect or dignity because the staff isn't trained on how to do that. That's what my work is. That's why this is important. Now, um, you know, and if you know of a, I am looking at my note here, Ellie, make sure you say this. If you know of a nonprofit or a government entity that doesn't have a budget for inclusivity training, reach out to me. Let me know about this. We can see what we can do about getting them on the list for human ripple work funding. Okay. Subsidizing the expenses that I would incur to go and do the training for free or very, very reduced fee. Okay, and so now, if you are inclined, um, please consider making a donation to Human Ripple Works. Um, any amount of money, any amount, would be helpful. And all you do is go to humanrippleworks.org. You'll see the how to donate page, and uh, just you know figure it out from there. Thanks for considering that. So that is my work. I am trying. I am trying my best to help change the world just like everybody else. And some of that work has to be for free. I need to do it pro bono. I've done it in the past pro bono. I need to do more of it. All right. Well, that takes up our show. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, on Ellie 2.0 Radio. A big thanks to our sponsors, the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center, and Brending Electrolysis in St. Paul. Tell Bev that I sent you. She does wonderful, wonderful work. A big thanks to my producer, Brett Johnson, the best producer. Gosh, Brett, you just phenomenal. And to you, my listeners, a big thanks to you for tuning in every Monday. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next week with another show. And until then, go out. Be kind, do good things, and remember, we can get past our difficulties. Bye.